I also, um, you know, kind of conducted an experiment about bias um, using my government name, which is Rashawn, um, and the shortened version of my name, which I actually go by, uh, which is just Sean. Um, and I applied to the same jobs just with, you know, the different names um, and the different email addresses, but it was the same companies that I applied for, the same um, resume, the same cover letters. Um, and while both names give the assumption that I am male, um, Rashawn gave the impression that I am a black male um, to which I received far fewer interviews, um, no management interviews. Um, and I actually got a um, call for an interview for a club bouncer that I never applied for. It has been well established that companies with more ethnic, cultural, and gender diversity are more innovative and profitable than those without. Being intentional about diversity, equity, and inclusion strategy simply makes good business sense. But how do you do that? What strategies actually work? This podcast tells the stories of visionaries who are actually changing the diversity landscape of tech and explores the strategies they're using to become more diverse by design. This is Nia Darvill, your host, and you're listening to the Diverse by Design podcast. So hello, everyone. Today we have Sean Harris, success engineer at Cypress.io. Sean, first tell me a little bit about yourself and your journey to tech. What's your story? Yeah, so um, I started in hospitality, um, you know, and after about uh, 10 years or so of doing that, um, I really just needed a change. Um, you know, I've always been really interested in um, working in computers. Uh, but at that time, you know, being a full time student and employee just was not in the cards for me. Um, but I do believe that everything happens for a reason um, because I left my job. Um, I took a driving position with a rideshare company. And it was actually one of my customers that um, got me a um, interview uh, for a um, customer service role at another company where I ended up meeting my uh, now partner um, who uh, she was really amazing. She got me a birthday gift um, that was a six hour intro course to uh, coding. And um, like I said, I've always been really interested in computers, but Doing that coding class is when I really had my aha moment um, and when I really sparked that passion of, wow, this is something that I could really continue doing every day for the rest of my life. Um, so I looked more into how to um, do that. And that's when I found out about boot camps. Um, not going to lie, um, you know, at first glance, it really seemed like a scam to me. Um, so what I did was uh, I reached out to some boot camp grads and, you know, just kind of asked them about their experience. And one of them is who told me about um, Priscolis, which, uh, you know, as you know, is a, a nonprofit organization that helps underprivileged peoples get into the technology space. And after interviewing with them, um, I was accepted into their CodeBridge program, um, which is a joint venture between Priscolis and General Assembly, um, another coding boot camp. And to be honest, those 17 weeks were the best and craziest time of my life. I mean, I literally have the gray hair to prove it. Um, but after about um, a year, um, <clears throat> right after um, the, the course itself was only 17 weeks, but um, after the course ended, that was a little bit before um, the pandemic happened. So it took about a year for me to find um, a position. Um, uh, mainly because of COVID, but also because I didn't have a college degree. Um, so after a lot of, you know, practicing, going to a lot of meetups, um, 
you know, a couple of tears here and there. Um, but also, you know, just a little bit of luck. Um, I was able to interview uh, with the company that I'm with now, Cypress.io, um, and, you know, accept the position that I have. So here I am today. Awesome. Well, we are so happy to have you here with us. Thank you for sharing those pieces of your story. So in the bio that you shared with me, you shared that you are a recent cancer survivor, a black woman, a proud member of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, Tell me about those dimensions of diversity that you embody and those those identities that you identify with are different than those who currently hold the majority in tech. What has your experience been with inclusion and belonging at work? So um, stepping into this new role, um, it was really important to me to be able to be myself. Um, unlike with um previous experiences um, in this position, I really did not want to have to hide, you know, me and my partner. Um, I didn't want to have to hide having my hair in its natural state. Um, And that's one of the things that I really appreciate about uh, my current company is that, you know, there are um, a variety of, you know, you you have people of color, you have members of the LGBTQ um, plus family, Um, even in management, um, you know, we have you know, being able to see a woman in a management role, being able to see people of color in management roles um, and those diverse experiences, um, you know, even the variety of religions um, and the people is what really makes for, you know, like building, um, you know, great products, but also like, you know, a great team. Um, and I love that I can be myself both inside and outside of work. I don't have to be two separate people. Yeah. Um, During our prep call, you talked about being a recent cancer survivor and how um, inclusion actually turned to action within your organization. How did your organization support you during that journey? The first thing was that, um, you know, when I took the position, I did not even know that I was sick or anything. Um, And I got sick roughly uh, three to four weeks after getting hired. Um, And at no point did they ever make me feel like um, I was a burden to them. Um, As a matter of fact, I actually tried to log in to a morning call uh, while I was still in the hospital. And they absolutely were like, no, please like take care of yourself. We will still be here. Um, They reached out to me on several occasions, not to, not necessarily to, you know, um, ask about, um, you know, when I was going to be back or anything like that. It was more so, how are you doing? Do you need anything? You know, they sent me um, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan as well. And uh, they sent me um, a Slytherin blanket, which I wore to um, every single chemo um, Mm -hmm. session that I had. Um, Also, they made sure that they spoke with my uh, with our benefits uh, manager to so that I had an understanding of what I was going through. Um, with my insurance, understanding my explanation of benefits, understanding what was covered, what was not covered, what is in network, what is not in network. Um, And recently we actually just changed. um, I know it's unconventional, but we actually changed insurance providers mid-year and they went out of their way to make sure that I was able to talk to um, our insurance broker to make sure that, again, were my doctors still in network? what is going to be covered, what is not going to be covered. Um, I thought that that was a um, extremely inclusive action uh, for them to take. Um, Not many companies are willing to say, hey, I see that my team has a need that we're not fulfilling. 
What can we proactively do to take care of that? Um, instead of just saying, I'm sorry, we don't have enough people on our team to offer these things. They went out of their way to make sure that everything that we need is provided for. Um, also, since because we are an international company, um, they also made sure that, um, you know, our coverage is more than just the Southeast. We are based in Atlanta. Um, however, we have employees all over. Um, and so they made sure that our insurance provider would be able to be um, used all throughout. Um, I do hope to soon join my partner in California. Um, and that was another thing that they took into consideration, you know, just making sure that, okay, when I move from Atlanta to California, am I still going to be covered? Am I still going to have all the things that I need to have? Um, and I thought that that was just absolutely amazing, especially considering, um, like I said, I had only been there for about three to four weeks. Um, insurance started day one. Um, and in my previous experience, it's kind of been 90 days. Um, Out-of-pocket costs have been absolutely insane. Um, and they really made sure that we were taken care yeah, of. Yeah. I mean, disability isn't usually a factor of diversity that companies focus on. You know, you hear about racial equity, you hear about gender equity, but health equity is also a huge issue. Um, and it's so awesome to hear the example of your organization really stepping in to walk your journey with you um, and embrace all sides of your journey. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, in our prep call for the conversation, you talked a little bit about the topic of Eurocentric professionalism and how that impacts inclusion and belonging. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Um, so in previous positions, um, I've literally been told that um, I was not able to be promoted because I didn't look the part of a manager. Um, you know, I have a very androgynous um, clothing style, um, you know, also my natural hair. Those types of things just did not fit the uh, like in the embodiment of the company. Um, I also, um, you know, kind of conducted an experiment about bias um, using my government name, which is Rashawn, um, and the shortened version of my name, which I actually go by, uh, which is just Sean. Um, and I applied to the same jobs just with, you know, the different names um, and the different email addresses, but it was the same companies that I applied for, the same um, resume, the same cover letters. Um, and while both names give the assumption that I am male, um, Rashawn gave the impression that I am a black male, um, to which I received far fewer interviews, um, no management interviews. Um, and I actually got a, um, call for an interview for a club bouncer that I never applied for. <laughs> um, with Sean, that gives the impression of a Eurocentric male. Um, and I got several interviews and nearly all of them were for management positions. Mm. Um, again, another reason why I really appreciate my current company, because when we interview, um, we do everything we can to remove unintended bias from that interview process. So things like, uh, such as like, you know, not speaking internally about a candidate until all the scorecards have been submitted, um, you know, asking all the candidates the same questions. Um, and these are the types of things that allow you to compare apples to apples mm. um, instead of, you know, apples to oranges. Yeah, no, that's that's so interesting how you conducted that experiment on your own. And it just proves that there is still a lot of work that organizations have to do 
do to remove unintentional bias, unconscious bias, conscious bias. There's still a lot of work to do both um, on the gender side as well as the racial equity side. Absolutely. Before we end the conversation, I have to highlight that you are a proud Priscolis alumna. You are currently working in tech as a boot camp grad without a college degree, which while the number of people without college degrees in tech is increasing, still isn't the norm. What would you say to organizations who are considering whether or not to require degrees for their entry and mid mid-level tech roles? Yeah, so um, I'd say that I think that many would be surprised um, at the skills that are actually covered in boot camps. Um, you know, and those of us that make it through the boot camps, we're really eager to prove ourselves. And I believe that it's the combination of the knowledge that we obtained in a very short amount of time, um, proving that we're quick learners, but also our previous work experiences um, that we offer a unique combination of techniques that would be beneficial to your team. Yeah, the the transferable skills are major. There are so many things that you've learned in your past work experiences that uh, really contribute to your your success as a success engineer now at Cypress. Absolutely. Yeah. Finally, what is your advice to other diverse individuals who are preparing to enter the tech space? How should they vet organizations to determine whether or not the culture actually is inclusive? Me personally, um, I like to check the company's website. Um, you know, does the company speak to the values that you find important? You know, for example, does the company recognize events such as Juneteenth or Pride or even international holidays? Um, I also personally like to reach out to, you know, coworkers um, that currently work there on LinkedIn. Um, you know, not everyone will answer, but I do like to ask, you know, how they view the company culture. Um, typically, when not in a interview environment, um, coworkers tend to be a lot more honest about, you know, their feelings about the company culture. And I especially love Glassdoor. Um, in addition to just getting in, uh, information about their interview processes um, and also, you know, exit interviews, um, they also have a um, diversity inclusion score, which I think is absolutely amazing. Whoever came up with that idea, you get like two thumbs up for me on that. <laughs> So Glassdoor, reaching out to people on LinkedIn, checking out their websites. Those are all really great tips. Sean, thank you for being here with me today. Thank you for um, talking through inclusion and what that looks like um, from an actual person's perspective, right? We hear about inclusion all the time, but actually hearing someone's experience with inclusion at an organization that's doing it well is rare. So thank you, Sean, for being here today. How can people catch up with you? I actually am a, a pretty easy person to catch up with. Um, you can always reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me at, um, you know, Sean-E-Harris. Um, you can also reach out to me um, via email um, at hire.sean.harris at gmail.com. Although I am not looking for a job, just saying. <laughs> All right. You heard it yourself, folks. This is Sean Harris. There are plenty of ways to get in contact with her. So if you want to learn more about her experience at Cyprus or uh, just what inclusion in action looks like, you can reach out to her. Thank you for being here, Sean. Thank you for joining us today as we discussed inclusion in action with Sean Harris from Cyprus.io. Diverse by Design is powered by Perscolis and the IT Senior Management Forum. 
To learn more about how we can help your organization become more diverse by design, visit our website at diversebydesign.org. Before we let you go, we want to thank our sponsors, Tech Systems, J.P. Morgan Chase, Google, Chubb, and Comcast NBC Universal for their support. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe to the podcast to make sure you don't miss any insights about how you can make your organization diverse by design. Until next time.